Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Christina Rutgers Astolfi. Christina, it's great to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It's lovely to be here with you as well today. Now, Christina is the global head of analytics at IKEA Customer Support. And if you don't know what IKEA is, I would question whether you're alive. Probably one of the most famous retail companies that impacts all of our lives. Christina drives and leads their analytics globally to deliver transformational customer insights, enabling performance optimization and continuous value creation for IKEA customers. And in a world where it's all about data, data, data and insights, uh, Christina is the person to talk to. But before we get there, Christina, tell us a little bit about yourself and in your career. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, well, we, uh, my education is on uh, economics and I have a master in finance and marketing and uh, from the famous Bologna University. And I like to say that it's the oldest university in the world. Great. So I'm uh, really excited to say that. Um, and technology and innovation are aspects that I've always uh, enjoyed and intrigued me. And I started my career in the oil, actually in the oil business, but I um, decided that it was uh, not the type of business I wanted to work on. And I moved into technology and worked really the past years, uh, most of my career in the technology sector. Uh, and in the past 10 years, really a lot into um, leading global organizations and uh, with data analytics and trying to improve customer experience with uh, providing really great insights. Um, and then uh, in December 2021, I decided to do a switch and I moved to IKEA, as you were saying, an iconic brand. I couldn't say no to IKEA. And, you know, whenever people speak about IKEA, they have a smile in their face and that makes me really happy. So, um, yes, that's um, in a nutshell what uh, something about me. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're absolutely right. It's an iconic brand and it's something that at this point I would imagine is part of everyone's life in some form or fashion. I was recently there as we were putting together a new apartment. So we you know, always head to Ikea to make sure you have everything, which is great. But tell us a little bit about what you're working on, you know, as the global head of analytics there. Yeah, that's um, uh, IKEA. Let uh, maybe uh, just as a as a context, IKEA is the, the our vision. As since the founder, uh, since the company has been founded, uh, it's to create a better everyday life for the many people, and uh, it's a huge ambition. And then, if you think about the many people, and especially now with the with the digitalization of our life then really ikea had to move into that direction as well so uh, ikea is going through a, a, an amazing journey of digital uh, digital digital 
uh, of the digital transformation. It's cl close enough. Digitalization. Yeah, it, that enough. is one of those words that just gets caught in your mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think there are many opportunities now to apply my experience to, um, to this journey, to what IKEA is trying to do. And at the same time, um, learn from uh, how this uh, huge retail organization is changing into this uh, with this new challenge of having a digital experience deliver the digi deliver a digital experience to our customers and also to our coworkers. And so that's what I'm working on at the moment. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I can imagine that at Ikea, you have a treasure trove, if not perhaps maybe even too much data <laughs> to, and trying to figure out exactly what you use and how you build this into something meaningful for kind of an omni-channel way of thinking is incredible. But when you kind of map out your thoughts on this space, you know, what are the key areas right now that are kind of critical for folks to get right in terms of applying data to a better customer support and customer experience. Yes, uh, I I see that there are certainly there are a fanta fantastic opportunities with uh, technology now, uh, with uh, AI, with virtual reality, with mm -hmm. Meta. Uh, these these are key in the retail business, and this will should enable us to have more quality data, more personalized data, and also being able to use our own data um, in respect of the uh, GDPR and all the privacy regulations, especially in, uh, in, in many countries in Europe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what is, makes uh, amazing because with that data, we can really be, we're able to deliver more of the um, experiences that our customers, but also our co-workers are expecting. That's the area that I'm also working. It's so key that we don't only think about how to improve the customer experience, but also how to improve our co-workers experience as that will make eventually a better customer experience. So yeah. yeah that's, and aligning uh, it, I mean, what a moment. I purchased a sofa, not from Ikea, but from an online store. And this must have been like right in the heart of the worst part of the pandemic. And I found this beautiful sofa. It had a decent price and I purchased it and I didn't look. And I assumed it would arrive like two weeks later, but you know, there's been such pressure on the supply chain that I think my sofa didn't arrive for like nine months. <laughs> so, so it's a lovely sofa, but kind of a learning experience, which is, you know, linking that customer experience data with the supply chain information. It's such a holistic need of tethering all these elements together. And what a huge challenge. I mean, during the pandemic, we've all been kind of going through lots of shifts and changes. And I see that you actually joined IKEA during the pandemic. Tell me a little bit about your experience and if you guys are operating differently and some of the insights that you've pulled from that time. Uh, that was a time tough for everybody, I think, in the, uh, in the technology sector, certainly. And what you were mentioning about supply chain, I think it was across industry, <laughs> the yeah. challenge. And yeah. um, so I think you, you were not the only one and that company was not the only one having those challenges. 
And I think it was also time where we could not travel. And then, uh, then you start realizing, okay, how can I bring value in, in this organization, any other organization? And uh, where can I further um, develop? And certainly um, having worked so much, uh, so many years in the technology sectors, I had the opportunity to learn a lot and I want to be able to apply somewhere else in a company that um, also was uh, connected to um, uh, not only to the improving the the well-being of people but also very conscious about the impact to the planet mm -hmm. and um, I've always been a very um, uh, amazed by the work that IKEA has done uh, across the years to be uh, conscious and uh, about the planet and um, how we're using all our woods and uh, material and so this has been um, when uh, when I was approached I, I really liked the idea and I thought that was uh, the opportunity to join the great uh, this great company it's you know you mentioned something before which I think is an interesting point which is that we have this two countervailing forces moving at the speed of light one is data right there's so much more information so much more that we can do and yet the other force the counter force is privacy right which is the movement of things like gdpr mm -hmm. some of the more privacy regulations across europe uh, certainly we're seeing them in the us with uh, ccpa and there's been a lot of changes on the marketing side right where mm -hmm. companies are not allowed to use really anything except for first party data now. I mean, how do you see those two areas evolving? Are we going to see more privacy regulation or standardization? How do you see that shaping? I see that uh, I, first of all, I am very pro privacy, mm -hmm. um, maybe because I'm European <laughs> and then I do appreciate privacy and being asked whether my data can be used. And uh, as a company, you have already a lot of your own data. And, um, and every time that a customer connects with IKEA, uh, that gives us also, uh, we ask also permission to use the data. And so we don't really need to go uh, to other companies for the data. We have enough. Uh, mm -hmm. We only need to make the best use of it, to be very conscious of how we use it, mm -hmm. to really focus on giving an uh, additional value to our customers and co-workers. So if you focus on that, then whatever type of regulation is coming, then you'll always be uh, ahead of it and yeah. uh, conform. So this is how I really see it. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point. I think probably other companies are going to struggle more because they don't have that data, right? Whereas you guys actually have quite a bit of first party data. And it's really kind of pulling out the insights and building that incredible experience that you talked about. So Christina, you know, we find ourselves in 2022. I feel like this is a big number 2022. You know, when you look forward, what does the future look like for what you guys are working on? So um, about you, uh, for IKEA, the um, fiscal year 2022 is ending in a few weeks. Oh, 
Wow. <laughs> well, let's talk about 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually talking planning for 2023. So, but on 2022, what was uh, in the period that was there, there was a lot of uh, preparation for this transformation as uh, we are trying to align with all our countries where we are, uh, uh, where we have our presence and in this with this digital journey and then with uh, and also preparing my global team into this new structure and of using this data and starting uh, really uh, bringing insights to the organization and for fiscal year 23 uh, we that's the the objective is really to move more into apply more artificial intelligence more machine learning mm -hmm. being able to provide more quality data to and through that really seeing uh, achieving our goals of this uh, fantastic experience being able to make it seamless for customers to whether they are coming to a store or they are coming online where they will recognize them we'll be able to provide experience that they are expecting from us so it's a long journey uh, mm -hmm. not easy uh, but that's what we are planning to do for in the next months uh, wow calendar year 22 and fiscal year 23 for us yeah that's really exciting kind of ai kia <laughs> ai kia there you go uh well listen christina it's been amazing to talk with you if someone wanted to learn more about what you're working on at ikea where should they find you uh certainly there's my con my uh, on my linkedin profile you'll uh, there's a opportunity to connect with me and um yeah, I'm always uh, very happy to share experiences and uh, to listen to all the amazing work that people around the world are doing. So, and thank you, Ben, for having me here today. Well, thank you. You've been speaking with Christina Rutgers Astolfi. She is the global head of analytics at IKEA Customer Support. We've been talking to her about all of the things that she's working on. She drives and leads the analytics globally to deliver transformational customer insights, enabling performance optimization and continuous value creation for IKEA customers. And they are working on some pretty exciting stuff in the machine learning space. And so next time you're at Ikea, you'll probably experience it. So there you go. Christina, <laughs> thank you so much for being on on Cage Day. And we look forward to having you back. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Cheers. get in and, and build some of these data relationships, but the data itself uh, needs to be acquired in a slightly different way than in a place like the US. Yeah, I completely see that. And it, it also sounds like uh, perhaps uh, if Amazon has some real competitors in the future, they're going to probably emerge from some of these fast growing markets uh, as they as they build up their approach and then can can go out and compete in a, a global perspective, which would be really oh. exciting. Yeah, I mean, already. Right. Uh, Alibaba already. Right. And yeah. Alibaba already. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Max, I mean, I really love what you guys are working on. And certainly I can see the the use of data, the way you're collecting the data in a, a really exciting way will get you large data deposits quickly and accurately. And it sounds also that you're working on some other things as well. I think, you know, we've spoken a little bit about the blockchain space. 
Um, what are your plans for your business in the future? And, and how do you think things are going to progress over the next couple of years in the markets? Well, I'll take the second part first. Yeah. Uh, went into Pakistan. I had a flight booked to Jakarta, to be honest, and they closed the country uh, again for COVID reasons. Um, for, to close the country to foreigners uh, right after Christmas last year. So I went off to Pakistan. And Pakistan consulate in Hong Kong knew me pretty well. And I told them what I wanted to do. And they said, all right, uh, if you really want to, brave guy, it's, we're, we'll, we'll give you a visa. So I went out to, to Pakistan around that time. And I thought maybe this is a bit early of a concept mm. uh, for supply retail supply chain in Pakistan. You know, is, is, is Pakistan really ready for artificial intelligence? And I know a handful of companies that are taking a different approach to us, but they are basically doing the same thing. So it, it, is, it is happening. And driven perhaps by, by COVID, but other factors, uh, digital commerce is, is just accelerating very, very quickly. So the whole supply chain from manufacturer to third-party logistics, to brand, to distributor, to even the smallest retailers is going digital. Mm -hmm. And that is going happening faster than even I thought. And that digitalization is going to drive a lot of disruption. So the legacy companies that are distributing the product based upon the flow of the kind of the push model that everybody has had um, for decades, if not centuries, uh, that is going to be replaced by new demand-driven models. And, and those that can really come in and understand risk intelligently and finance uh, with the right insights mm -hmm. will uh, really have multi-trillion dollar retail supply chains that they can move liquidity into and, and earn, uh, earn, earn value from. So, mm -hmm. so that's really what's happening is you kind of saw it. And it, sounds, it sounds like you were even surprised at how quickly it's been happening. Yeah. And I've been speaking to a lot of some similar companies recently and really impressed. And, and the money's coming in, not from just Pakistani VCs or Middle East VCs, but US-based VCs with very limited Pakistani connections. You know, funds like Antler are, and, and Wavemaker in Singapore are, are, are funding a lot of these companies in, in, their, in their second round. So it, it's really changing changing quickly. And so I think it will be almost unrecognizable in, in a few years. I really think it's changing that fast. And so that's that's one thing. But what we want to do is we still see that these are aggregated. The data is managed in, in chains. Mm -hmm. So it's managed through a, a B2B e-commerce provider into the stores that they serve for the SKUs and products that they have in their network. And nobody's really covering it across brands, across products, across everything. And, and that, I believe, is a, a, just a tremendous opportunity. So, so we are launching really the biggest supply chain data acquisition initiative in the history of Asia. And wow. we're doing this through a tokenization micro incentive scheme. And I think this is going to drive a lot of economic value for us as a company and our customers. Mm -hmm. But I actually truly believe, and I've seen the, the beginnings of this, I actually truly believe we're actually going to have a real positive impact on the lives of literally tens of millions of people. And, and ultimately, the supply chains will be better for, for a billion. But I think I'm talking about direct impact. 
And yeah. I'm talking about m- m- money, money in the wallet. Yeah, money yeah. on the day. So, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Max, thank you so much for talking to us about what Libera Trade is up to. I must admit, hearing that you were headed off to places like Pakistan during during COVID is just impressive. You are uh, you certainly are a pioneer in this space, and excited to see what Libera Trade does over the next couple of years. Um, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're up to, uh, where should they find you? Uh, just on uh, on email, it's uh, you know max at liberatrade.ai or uh, just click the contact on our website and you'll find a way to reach me there. Excellent. Great. Well, we've been speaking with Max Ward. He's the chief executive officer of Liberatrade, which is a very innovative company providing AI solutions for logistics and supply chain businesses in emerging markets by accumulating data from small and medium enterprises, thereby helping them to predict demand, grow sales, and minimize waste. Um, He is working on some very, very exciting stuff in the Asia-Pacific market specifically, and we're excited to read more about what Liberatrade is up to in the near future. So, Max, thank you so much for being on Uncaged. Great. Really appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks. 